Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. I'm still standing better than I ever been. Looking like a true survivor. Feeling like a little kid. I'm still standing after all this time. Picking up the pieces of my life without you on my mind. I'm still standing. I'm extending the stay-at-home order until May the 8th. Governor Roy Cooper extending the uh, stay-at-home order to May 8th. Just to show you, he isn't going to do it on May 1st. He's not going to lift it on May 1st. Then he rolled out these phases. Ladies and gentlemen, this guy has essentially shut down business maybe till July 4th. Uh, it, uh, I have, I have been steaming the last hour over this and we've got such a, a great show, so I'm not going to let it bring us uh, down in any way. We do have some cuts. We'll try to get to them here. Antoine Staley, uh, ECU alum, the riot report, uh, covered the dolphins in the NFL, uh, and, uh, is, uh, involved with, uh, Athlon sports is going to be on with us, get a, a preview of what the Panthers are going to do. The virtual draft begins tonight. Uh, Jerry Jones is going to be at his house with nobody else there, just picking away in his own uh, world. No other uh, assistance from anybody on his staff, just Jerry Jones in his McMansion on Zoom, picking whatever and whoever he wants. Uh, also, uh, a former ECU quarterback might not be the man. Uh, ben Byram coming up with some late details on that in our sports update involving the Lions and Jaguars, uh, and then uh, the Panthers. You, some places you think they'd be going, apparently they're not with this first pick. Again, Antoine Staley on that coming up. Uh, we've got Ruff and McNeil today. Uh, Coach Ruff is going to join us. This is uh, something that a lot of folks have responded uh, to in a very exciting way. It'll be great to have Coach Ruff back. He was supposed to be back on the ECU campus in uh, late March at a coach's clinic but that had to be canceled because of uh, the coronavirus. Uh, so we'll talk to Coach Ruff about that and more. Uh, that is coming up in our second half hour today. Uh, it's great to have you with us, as it always is. We're on this uh, Thursday, the 23rd of uh, April. Uh, I want to hit a couple of these uh, things here. One thing I can tell you is there'll be no decision on the schools uh, in North Carolina till tomorrow. They're going to have some big announcement on that. Uh, there was just a passing mention of antibody testing today, which if you've uh, been following this testing in California and even in New York today, it shows that this coronavirus is more prevalent in our society than we thought, which is a good thing. Not that people had the virus, but that people had the virus and showed no ill effects from it. There could be some herd immunity perhaps going on in some of these places. And that means that the fatality rate is much lower than what has been talked about with these uh, projections that are being put out there that, quite frankly, have been wrong. 
Uh, today, no questions about the economy from the so-called media in this state. Uh, and Carolina Journal has a story out today. We are dead last in getting unemployment pay, uh, payments out to people in North Carolina. Do you think that was mentioned today in this press conference? Hell no. Uh, the governor claims that easing restrictions now would put people's health at risk. This is cut three. Real quick, Ben. And we are helping with unemployment insurance payments, stimulus money, and many businesses that are continuing to be open. But I will not risk the health of our people or our hospitals. And easing these restrictions now would do that. They would not, I don't think. I mean, you just you look at it and you look how prevalent this uh, virus is in our society based on antibody testing, which, again, they hardly mention today. It's not. Uh, there is a claim by Governor Cooper. We are flattening the curve. However, the state is not left ready to lift restrictions. That's what this was all about. Flattening the curve, not to overrun health systems. Cut four, Ben. Hit it. We need our trends to be headed in the right direction. The White House shares similar guidance with states, and we have incorporated much of that guidance in our plan. After a thorough analysis of the details of testing, tracing, and trends, it's clear that we are flattening the curve, but our state is not ready to lift restrictions yet. So the whole thing of flattening the curve was not to overrun our health systems, like was happening in Italy, northern Italy. Uh, we saw all that several weeks ago. To a degree, somewhat has happened in New York. Uh, and, and we're not there. The, that, from that standpoint, we're flattened. So why are we still staying in? Why are we not getting back to business, especially in the eastern part of the state, where our part of the state is being treated like New York City when it's Mecklenburg County and Charlotte that have all of the cases and deaths, unfortunately, from this thing. It's a dereliction of leadership. Uh, this is Mandy Cohen. And she says that the healthcare system has not been overrun by patients, which is a good thing. That's cut six. We have not seen our healthcare system be overrun, and that's a good thing. So we're in a slightly different place. So we're not going to see a peak that then necessarily comes down. We've accomplished what social distancing was supposed to accomplish, what stay-at-home orders were supposed to accomplish. So let's, in a smart way, get back to work and get people working. I mean, we're putting our trust in these people, and Cut 6 illustrates why we should not put. I've not done anything to, to tamper with this or mix this. This happened during the press conference, and we're listening to these people and letting them make decisions uh, without really very little input from anyone else. Uh, this is uh, this is this is cut five. And if it if 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 it were not so sad, and if it just weren't so frustrating, this would be comical. Go ahead, Ben. I'm going to walk through North so on our Carolina first slide data, here. And I'm going to go through to a series of slides. Just a reminder that North Carolina has taken aggressive action to save lives. There's a warning. Our data has been driving so our policies some, some since day like one. So if you do, because there's been no vaccine for those and no treatment. Like data is clear that the strongest weapon we have to fight COVID-19 is social distancing. I've been in radio for 25 years. Uh, I have heard double sourcing audio 
on several radio stations. Hell, it's probably even happened on this radio station. It happens. That was triple sourcing audio. These two, the smartest people in the state, Cooper and Cohen, and we have triple sourcing audio during a press conference. Again, where they, I mean, again, if it weren't so sad and pathetic at this point, it'd be comical. All right. Uh, I wanted to say this too off the jump, but I got on, I got on this rant and I'm going to get off of it. We've got a great show, as I mentioned. Uh, let me mention our heartfelt condolences, our thoughts and prayers are with the family, uh, the friends of the many, many fans of a, a good friend, a colleague here at IBX, uh, Steve Hardy, who passed away this morning after a lengthy illness. And Steve was one of the best, uh, a true original, a true legend, and uh, just a great guy. And it was always fun to, to occasionally run into Steve in our studios uh, in the lobby, uh, just a great guy, known him for years, uh, respected him for a number of years. And, uh, anytime you heard the name, Steve Hardy, you knew a good time was going to be associated with it. And he brought a lot of joy through his uh, radio shows and also his, uh, annual Christmas party, uh, to a lot of people's lives. So our, our, certainly, uh, our thoughts and prayers with Steve Hardy's family and, uh, our condolences to them as well. All right, uh, when we return, we'll get to the NFL draft. I'm anxious to see what the Panthers are going to do. There's some shifting targets with all this. How will this virtual thing uh, be pulled off? Uh, that, when we come back with Antoine Staley plus Ruffin McNeil, a huge uh, hour ahead here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Here we go. We're back. Back to the P-Man. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. The virtual NFL draft is tonight. Athlon Sports covers the Panthers for the Riot Report, covering NFL and college football. Was a Dolphins beat writer for a while. Friend of the show, I dare go there, right? ECU alum, Antoine Staley joins us uh, here. Antoine, great to have you on here, and uh, happy virtual draft day. Uh, yeah, happy draft day to you, too. <laughs> it's kind of weird. <laughs> How this all unfolded, but I guess we're here. Yeah, uh, more on that in a minute. I want to know what the Panthers uh, are, are cooking up here. I, I'm seeing that there's maybe been with this first pick uh, in the first round tonight a, a little bit of, of shift in priority. A little bit. Uh, what are you hearing? Uh, well, I mean, they could go a lot of different directions. They uh, talked about trading down potentially. I guess if they get the right offer. Also talked about um, taking a lot of a few people on on the defensive end there as well. They talk about cornerback, also defensive tackle. Uh, it's been the midst there as well. And uh, Isaiah Simmons has been a guy that's been talked about too as well. So it, it's just going to depend on what the draft board obviously looks like once they uh, pick at seven. But they have a lot of different directions they might decide to go. Of the people that you've seen uh, their their names affiliated with this possible pick, and again, a lot can happen between one and six that would change things. But – you gotta, you gotta have a guy who's ready to go day one, by and large, with this first round pick. Uh, who, who do you think, and the people you've talked to, and just your analysis, would be the ready-made, ready to step in and be a big contributor uh, in the first game of the season and in his first season uh, with this first round pick for Carolina. I think it's two days you have to look at. Uh, obviously, I know Derek Brown has been talked about, uh, been in a lot, of, been mocked to the Panthers, uh, do a lot of drafts there. 
So, yeah, I definitely think he'd be a guy that can come in day one and make an impact for the Panthers. We're talking about a Panthers team that couldn't stop the run last year. I definitely think adding him in the midst there will help out that run defense. And also uh, passes, pass rushing as well, even though he's a defensive tackle uh, immensely. So him uh, and also Ken Law from South Carolina, I definitely think uh, he would be a great benefit there as well. I think he probably has a bigger upside than Derrick Brown, but I definitely think uh, Brown might be more NFL ready at the moment. But either one of those guys, I believe, have have the can make an instant impact for the Panthers on the defensive line at day one. Antoine Staley's with us uh, here. Athlon Sports Riot Report covering the Panthers and uh, the NFL. And uh, ECU alum joining us uh, here. Been a longtime uh, writer in the NFL, uh, having uh, covered the Dolphins prior to covering the uh, Panthers. So uh, it's great to have his insights into what Carolina may be planning here in uh, round one of uh, the virtual NFL draft uh, tonight. You mentioned the possibility of a, of a trade. How seriously do you think Marty Herney and, co- and company would be entertaining a trade at this point? Well, I think you have to uh, attain all options. I mean, we talk about the Panthers team that I believe a lot of people have had a lot of transition uh, this offseason there when you talk about, obviously, Cam Newton and Greg Olson and Luke Keekley retiring, just to name a few, James Bradbury leaving for free, leaving for the Giants free agency. So they've had a lot of people leave one way or the other. So this is a team that needs to fill a lot of holes. So I definitely think they're they would entertain the trade. I just definitely think it has to benefit them as well if they're able to go out and get a guy that they have their eyes on still maybe six or seven picks down the line and still be able to get the player that they they've been seeking or one of the high players on their board, highest players on their board. I definitely think that's something that'll be greatly benefited for them, and also at the same time be able to fill some other needs, whether it be later on in the first round or early on day two in the draft there as well. So I definitely think it's something they're definitely thinking about, but it just has to make sense for their perspective. Uh, Antoine, as far as you know, I mean, Joe Burrow's going first overall to Cincinnati. Uh, at what point do you think that the draft gets a little interesting uh, in that there's no clear uh, – Burrow's the clear-cut number one. Do we get to two and there's nothing clear-cut? Does it get a – I mean, it, it sounds to me like there's so much volatility and so much could happen between that first pick and when Carolina's uh, on the clock that that really means a number of things could be a possibility. So at what point are you seeing things maybe coming off the rails a little bit or do we maybe it's a trade that sends things uh, into a little bit uh, of uh, of confusion? I, th- I think it's three. Uh, I think well, you got two teams that have prospects, which is funny. They have prospects that kind of hometown prospects, and one way or the other, uh, there when you talk about Joe Burrow, his ties to Ohio. He grew up in Athens, Ohio, not too far away from Cincinnati. There, um, that seems like that's going to be the pit there, unless something crazy happens in the next few hours and then Washington I definitely think Chase Young is the best player to draft he grew up right outside of uh, DC in the Mellon suburbs there so I, I think it's pretty easy you take both of those guys <laughs> it's not because of their ties but it's because they're uh, great players they're probably the best two players on the draft board and it's just crazy enough their hometown uh, guys as well so I definitely it's easy for them the Lions I definitely think where it gets interesting because 
it's been talk where they're going to trade out of three and maybe the Dolphins move up to three with all their draft capital. Maybe the Chargers decide to move up to three or maybe another team that has multiple draft picks there as well. We talk about the I mean, the Las Vegas Raiders, I guess I have to say now. Yeah. Uh, they definitely have um, draft picks in the first round there at 12 and 19. So if they decide they may want one of those quarterbacks too, they could decide to move up and potentially uh, – trade up with the Lions as well. So, well, yeah, I definitely the, think it's uh, going to be interesting. There's late word uh, that uh, now talking to the Lions could be the Jaguars. So th- does that mean that they're not uh, they're not really sold on uh, Minshew, on Garner Minshew? Who knows? But that, that's some late word that, is, that has happened here. Hey, let me ask you yeah. this, Antoine. They had the virtual uh, dress rehearsal of the virtual draft earlier in the week. Uh, Long time since then. I'm sure they've run through it several times, but there were some hiccups. Uh, what are you hearing as far as that goes? Is, is everything expected to be kind of smooth tonight? And then what backups or contingencies are in place should something go awry? Well, uh, as far as uh, this, they had the, obviously, you alluded to the uh, mock, mock, mock draft that they had on Monday. Yeah, the mock draft. And- yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they kind of had the dress rehearsal, and I guess uh, something might have happened with the the Bengals and their first pick there. Uh, it took a little time there to get that in, but all the counts from what everything else what I heard, it kind of ran smoothly there. Uh, I guess the the big hiccup would be if uh, some the network were to drop or something of that nature as well. <laughs> but the contingency plan is. But the the good thing about it is the NFL is going to allow more time on the clock if teams need it. Uh, which in some cases they might, depending on who's in charge of sending the pick in, because not all of these general managers or people uh, are, are, you know, challenge, they're kind of challenged. Some of them are uh, as far as technology. So it, I'm definitely, uh, that's a good thing the NFL is doing, that they're allowing more time on the clock than they're allocated normal 10 minutes on the clock. So it might be, draft might be a little bit longer uh, for that, for, for that whole thing is considering. Uh, we're dealing with technology and you never know what might happen, but at least the NFL has a backup plan just in case something were to uh, happen tonight. Don't you think they just should have gone with the football helmet phones? That's what they should have done, the, done right? Football helmet phones I, and I, Zoom for everybody. Yeah, I, I would have enjoyed that a lot. I mean, it takes it back the old school <laughs> the way that it used to be. So, yeah, I definitely would have enjoyed that a ton. Yeah. Uh, there was a report that Jerry Jones is going to be in his house alone, no one else with him, doing all the picks, uh, making the pick for tonight, I should say. Uh, that, to me, might be the most entertaining aspect of all of this. Yeah, I, I would say so. I, I assume he'll get um, kind of he'll talk to his son, Stephen, who's also uh, <laughs> there. I'm sure talk to uh, Mike McCarthy, who's the head coach there. But yeah, it's a little if you're a Cowboys fan, you're kind of like, eh, I don't know, you know, if he's Jerry's. But then again, you already know Jerry Jones has the final say about everything as well. Everybody, I mean, there's nothing that uh, nobody already knew beforehand, but it's just kind of frightening that a little bit to understand he's going to be all alone that I say when nobody else is going to be there with him. Yeah. He may change his mind. Who knows? Hey, a couple more things for you. How many, how many quarterbacks will go tonight in round one? Uh, What's your projection there? Uh, I'll I'll say four. I think the four that everybody's just kind of talked to us about, obviously talked about Joe Burrow to, uh, I expect to be taken. I think the Dolphins are still going to take them, whether they have to trade up uh, the three or whether they take them at five. I, I think the Chargers are going to take a quarterback. They're at number six. 
I know you brought up the Jacksonville Jaguars. They also they have two picks also as well. They have the Rams pick as well, which is coming from the Jalen Ramsey trade. Mm-hmm. They could uh, potentially mm-hmm. be a player there. And also, uh, you talk about Justin Herbert and Jordan Love. Uh, I expect them to go. They can go anywhere from probably number six all the way down to the first round. So uh, I, I think the Patriots could be an interesting team to watch out there as well. I know that a lot of people have been saying that they're committed to Jerry Stedham and also uh, Bryant Horia, but I'm not really buying it. So I definitely think that they're a team that's going to take a quarterback at some part, some part this weekend. Okay, and then last thing, uh, let's pin you down on this. Uh, right now, who do you think the Panthers draft? If they're on the clock right now making the pick, who do they draft tonight? Uh, I'm going to go um, Ken Lowell from South Carolina. Okay. Hey, uh, Antoine, great stuff. I'm sure covering this. Tonight will be as much fun as it is for everybody who's watching it tonight uh, and uh, participating in it. The virtual NFL draft. It'll be virtually a great time. Uh, hey, thanks a lot, buddy. Great to talk to you. Stay healthy. Stay safe. And uh, everybody uh, keep up with Antoine's work covering the Panthers draft tonight. All right, then, guys. Stay here. Take care and stay safe. All right, there he goes. Antoine Staley, ECU alum, covering the Panthers for the Riot Report. Uh, Athlon Sports also. Uh, Antoine is uh, everywhere, and he'll be all over it tonight. Uh, we've got more breaking details coming from the uh, NFL uh, draft and this virtual draft tonight. A lot of uh, things happening, a lot of uh, rumor and innuendo uh, out there, uh, what may happen. Ben Byram with those late uh, breaking details right now, plus a little bit of ECU news. And then Ruffin McNeil joins us after Ben's update on the other side of our next time out on the Patrick Johnson Show. Ben? Thanks, Patrick. Ben Barm here for your 94th of the game sports update. ECU basketball and Southern Miss have agreed to play in Greenville, North Carolina, December 21st, per public records. The Pirates have a 2-16 all-time record against the Golden Eagles. In the lead-up to the NFL draft, multiple teams have inquired about trading up in the draft. The Bengals have made it clear that they won't be trading away the number one overall pick. The Dolphins have been persistent and have made multiple calls to the organization to work out a trade for the pick. Another team has looked into trading up in the draft lottery as the Atlanta Falcons have called the Redskins the hopes of trading up to the number two overall pick to select Chase Young. Multiple reports claim that the Redskins have not entertained such offers to trade down. Jaguars GM Dave Caldwell called Lions GM Bob Quinn about this evening's picks. It's been reported that the Jaguars are looking to potentially trade up for the third overall pick in hopes of possibly drafting a quarterback. And a draft mainstay and ESPN analyst Todd McShay will not appear on the NFL draft broadcast as he's revealed that he has tested positive for the coronavirus. Fear 94 through the game sports update. I'm Ben Byron. More from the Patrick Johnson show of Ruffin McNeil after this quick timeout. Welcome, Coach Ruffin McNeil. Coach Ruff, how are you? Hey, man, great to hear you again. I'm good, man. Doing great, and uh, you know, glad to be on the glad to be on the phone with you tonight and and, and on air. Well, it's nice to have you. Uh, I can't help but uh, think of a, a million things to ask you, so I'm going to try to keep it as organized as possible. Uh, a great okay. deal of excitement to have you on. Uh, and I've always enjoyed our, our conversations over the uh, years uh, when you were at ECU and even the uh, times we've interacted 
uh, post East Carolina. So it's uh, it's a it's a fun thing to get a chance to talk to you here. Hey, I want to start with uh, you know this this terrible situation the country's going through right now has wiped out sports, and for us sports fans, it's very, very tough. The thing I think that's really unfortunate is it wiped out uh, kind of the soft opening of uh, a Ruff and McNeil return to ECU, in a sense. Uh, you were going to be part of the coaches' clinic that Coach Houston was going to uh, to have. He had a lot of great things to say about it. What was your reaction uh, when he first approached you, or whoever first approached you, to, to come back and take part in that coaches' clinic, which ultimately was – uh, canceled because of the uh, COVID nineteen situation. Well, you know, it was my. Uh, I think Coach Houston's going to do a fantastic job. East Carolina, you know, of course, Donica Patrick's on the staff, Bill Steele, uh, Trip as well, Trip Weaver, and uh, but with Coach Ash, man, there was no hesitation, and uh, I was looking forward to coming and just being a, coming back and being a part of uh, you know, helping Mike, you know, do whatever he can to help the program get to. To the height that, that I know it will achieve, you know, I have no doubt that Mike and, and the staff will do a great job. And and thanks for you to, for for bringing give me a chance to talk about it. But I was looking forward to coming back and being a part of it. And uh, you know, this this is a pandemic that you know you couldn't plan for. That's an understatement. I I, I know, but um, you know, just like everything else, we'll bounce back as, as a country and bounce back as uh, um, as people and pirate nation. So. But uh, I, I definitely did miss not being able to get back to uh, visit with the Pirates and, and visit with Coach Houston, even though we keep in touch. Uh, but, uh, you know, everything works out. Coach Ruffin McNeil's with us here on the phone. Uh, Coach, as far as uh, that event, I, I actually, when I think about the timeline, he had talked about last year uh, finding a date to possibly honor you during a football game. Of course, you were out at Oklahoma last year. Uh, there were a couple of dates that seemed possible. I guess that didn't work out. So I guess that was really kind of the first, uh, I don't want to say olive branch, but I guess that would be the best way to put it, uh, the first, uh, you know, reaching out saying, hey, we need to honor Ruff and McNeil in some way during one of the football games. Well, you know, I appreciate that. And, and uh, like I said, Mike's been gracious gracious, and uh, in first class. I mean, I've known Mike a long time, and, and, and I know he'll do a great job uh, you know, go back to his progress as the Laura Ryan days and then the James Madison days. Now he's East Carolina, so I have no doubt. But I appreciate Mike doing that and uh, just, you know, reaching out and call and uh, and touch base. Um, you know, everything will happen in time and needs to happen in time. But I think one of the first things were, would, would have been me coming back this, uh, this this spring to do a coach's clinic, and I think we'll we'll keep keep working on that part and. But uh, I really appreciated Coach Houston reaching out. And, and of course, Donnie came out to visit with Lincoln on some offices package and offices systems. And uh, But, uh, you know, it, it was very nice of Mike to do that. I appreciate doing that, Patrick. We've got Ruffa McNeil with us here. Coach, you came uh, back to, to North Carolina. Your dad is uh, in uh, poor health. Uh, is uh, I believe you were telling me yesterday in a rehab center uh, back in your hometown. Can you kind of give us an update of, of his status as much as you feel like sharing and and uh, how that situation is going with you and your family now? Well, you know, it was it was tough. You know, Lincoln and I talked about that when I first took Oklahoma job uh, and that my dad was, you know, would, 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 would need my help and need our help. My brother, of course, Reginald McNeil's done a great job. And, uh, you know, early and I both felt it was, a, it was time for me to come back or, 
and just be a part, not retire from coaching, and I, I'm that make that clear. But it was uh, the priority was coming back and being part of my, my dad and 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 his situation, and and he's doing fine right now. The rehab center in Lumberton is taking a, doing a great job. The nurses have been fantastic, but with the COVID nineteen, the quarantine there has has been uh, of course needed and, and and kept. So we've been able to keep up with my dad, not physically. But man, but to talk to him on the phone as well as FaceTime. So, you know, for the family, it's been it's been good. I thought you know coming back home to like be a part of that, and also you know coming back to North Carolina where we're from uh, w- w- was great for us. And you know it was a big decision, but it but it really was a, 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 a no decision in my mind. Just coming back, being a son again, being a part of my dad, and being a part of my dad's rehab. Ruffy, I mean, you've got quite the uh, the CV when you look at all the places you've been. I mean, you've lived all over the country. You've uh, been away from North Carolina for, for so long. Uh, I can't imagine that this was, a, as you stated, a difficult decision at all because it was a chance to be back home for a little bit. Yeah, you know what? That's a great point. You know, uh, we have, you know, we traveled. I mean, uh, I think that was one of almost our 13th move as a family. And uh, we had that six-year stint in Greenville, um, and really even a seven-year back in '92 working with mm-hmm. Coach Logan. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, it was it was uh, it's been a traveling a traveling time and experience, and all experiences have been great in learning. You know, there's no no negative experiences I've learned from each one. We've learned from each one as a family. Uh, but getting a chance to come back to North Carolina it w- was great, and and uh, it's been great so far. Of course, you've been like everyone can find. Uh, and with restrictions, but uh, it, it was great being to come back home. And, and uh, you know, the situation was tough. And my dad is doing well, just just for the audience, but uh, is doing a lot better. But to get back home was 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 really great, Pastor. You're correct on that. Are you thinking that you, uh, after a period of time, uh, you're you're going to go somewhere else again? Will you travel across country? Are you kind of waiting to see what what might be a little closer to home that that could crop up as an opportunity? What's your thinking right now? Well, you know what, I haven't really uh, approached that part yet. I, I, I think and 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 hope my my my, my reputation and and my my resume will be able to withstand. I'm not worried about that part yet. I think right. the, my main decision, really, Patrick, was just. Like I mentioned, coming back home to my to our home here and uh, being a part of my dad. And when that time comes, you know, I will make a great decision that'll be that'll be best best interest of still my dad and then us too as a family. Yeah, like we have done each decision, yes, sir. But you did tell me yesterday you're you're keeping the house in North Carolina. You're not going to uproot everything and move to no. California or or wherever. Yeah. Oh no! This is uh, <laughs> this is our home. You know uh, the boss, which I am not, Mister Arlene. She, this is uh, the final stop. That's been a, a demand and command. Uh, so it was yes and very yes. So <clears throat> yeah, this is it. You know we'll we'll always have a home here in North Carolina. You know uh, I have my my time out, my boat over there, and right there in the Marina, my car's Marina. So I'm, I'm gonna stay near that, but. Uh, even with coaching, we'll be able to, we'll always have this home here in North Carolina. So, always. So the boat is still, you've still got the boat. Oh, yeah. Uh, timeout's going to be in one place. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, we'll hopefully see you along the uh, the Albemarle July 4th. Let's go ahead and make plans 
that will well, I'm that will to... that will run into Coach Ruff July fourth as he takes the boat up and down the Albemarle Sound. Now I tell you, I'm looking forward to being a river rat again and with my uh, my my teach and co- my teacher and coach uh, Mark Henley at McCotter's. He's done a great job, and I'm looking forward to getting on the water. We've got Ruff and McNeil with us. A uh, real treat for me. I've always enjoyed uh, the interaction with Coach Ruff uh, and uh, always enjoyed keeping up with him and uh, have a, a great uh, place in my uh, mind and heart for Coach Ruff, uh, not only as an ECU Pirate but as a person and, uh, of course, certainly a great football uh, mind and coach as well. Uh, so this is, this is just my perspective, and I, we can get into as much of this as you want or as little of this as, okay. as you want. You, the, the, the end comes at ECU, um, that can be debated, discussed numerous times and has to me, it speaks a lot about you because you, you got right back to work. I mean, you're up in Charlottesville working the next season. Uh, so, I mean, that's the old ball coach mentality. I have to think as well. Cause then you go there and you go to Oklahoma. It, it seemed to me rough. You didn't take a lot of time to to just kind of sit and mope and, and feel sorry for yourself. You you picked yourself up by the bootstraps like you have many times before and like you've coached many young men to do before well, and got right back I mean, at it. Right back at it. And that's not in my DNA. You know, it was, you know, tough things happen, uh, uh, tough people last, you know, and, and, you know, that day everything happened. I, uh, Bronco, which I, who I had known, he offered me a position uh, at Virginia, the very day everything happened. And I just took my time, and I had some other head coaching offers as well. We had some, not just me when I say is we, us, my family. But, you know, at the time, you know, it, everything was, 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 you know, happened. At the time, uh, Bronco and I had that relationship of not just boss to, to, to worker or head coach to assistant coach, but friend to friend and brother to brother. So, out of all the choices, it was going to be to work with Bronco. And that's what happened. And, and uh, so Bronco was gracious, gracious as, as, as everyone knows and done a great job at Virginia. So, uh, no, it was not going to be any type of pitter patter and, and, uh, you know, any self pity. Um, the next thing is just, you know, like you said, pick your bootstraps up and move to the next, uh, move to the next adventure. This is coaching. I understand how things happen. And, you know, it was, it was a tough deal, but, uh, but at the same time, it, that's life. You got to learn how to deal with it. You know, it's just what happens to you is the main thing and how you handle what happens to you. That's what we live by here as a family and I've lived by as a man. Coach, did you uh, feel like that uh, – I mean, did you really strongly consider some other head coaching possibilities then and, and I guess any that may have come your way in the last few years? Uh, is it just a thing where you feel maybe at this point – you're better being that kind of associate head coach, or, or are you really thinking, okay, maybe again, I'll, I'll give this head coaching thing a try. I mean, it takes a great deal of commitment and energy, as you know. Uh, are you feeling like that might be something you could look forward to if given the opportunity? Well, you know, I've always, you know, I was gracious to become the head coach at East Carolina, even the time at Texas Tech in that interim time position. But uh, I've had some different opportunities since then. And that it wasn't just, it was not the right time. And then the situations I were in, uh, that I were in, Virginia and Oklahoma with Lincoln, were just situations I felt like I, I, I really enjoyed, I was enjoying myself being an assistant again, an associate head coach again, coaching a position again. That was the fun part, was getting back into, and, and, and to the grunt work and getting on the field and actually coaching again and, 
recruiting again. So I think those both options are open. Even becoming a head coach, if the possibility is there and, and, and when it's there and if it's the right situation for early and not both. But also the physical position was great too. I enjoyed getting back on the field, Patrick, to be honest. Mm-hmm. What was great uh, about the, the time in Oklahoma, you're with Lincoln Riley, who we all know very well and has had a great deal of success there. But, I mean, you all are in the running to play for national championships while you're there. Uh, that that has to be an exciting feeling as a staff to be able to know each year if we take care of business. And there's a lot of hard work that goes with that, and there's a lot of responsibility and commitment that goes with that. But to, to be in a position each year to know we've got the abilities – uh, with our roster and with our coaching staff to to maximize out and play for a national title. That had to be fun. It, it was fun and exciting and uh, exhilarating, really. Uh, each day going to work, you know, you're coaching some of the, the, the best football players, but also working with a great staff. Lincoln has, did a great job and has done a great job, but to see him in the head coach's role and how he worked with us as a staff, the player uh, structure and media uh, even administrative type things on off the field was fantastic and be able to watch and help assist him and those, but to be able to get on the field and know we had a chance to, you know, take care of championships, which you did. We won three straight Big 12 championships and, and get into the playoffs, which is a learning experience for, for all of us there. And I think, uh, but it was great to be a participant and, and great to, to, to see the competition. And, uh, I tell you what, don't, don't think that Lincoln won't figure out a way to get it done and, I have nothing but faith, but it was uh, fantastic being able to get in those battles and competition and uh, really, really enjoyable for me. Jalen Hurts uh, was the quarterback last year, QB1 last year, um, and obviously he had such a great career uh, at Alabama. He could very well hear his name called tonight. He probably will hear it called most certainly sometime in the next uh, few days as far as the draft goes. What did you observe about this young man you think that will translate to the next level? Well, the first thing, and I think everyone's seen, saw it at Alabama, is, uh, you know, Jalen's dad's a coach. He's a coach's kid. I'm, I'm a coach's kid. I'm partial to coach's kids. I think they're, they're trained and raised different. They understand, the, they understand how everything goes. Uh, so when you saw how, how Jaden, uh, approached and handled the situation at Alabama, uh, you know, it, it, it was just when we found out he was coming to Oklahoma, it was an amazing feat. I've known, uh, I've known his dad for a long time, Jalen's dad for a long time, and, uh, at Town View High School in Houston. And, and to have him lead our team, it was amazing. Uh, his first week there, he, he had the, the, the password to the indoor and had the receivers coaching and throwing and, and catching, you know, so to be around him and see him, uh, perform in games, learn a new system, an entirely different system with over a summer and a fall camp, and then get in the games, big games each week where, you know, you have to be playing and catch everybody's best shot and performing as he did. I have no doubt the team that, 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 that drafts uh, Jalen will be the, one of the smartest teams in the NFL, and they'll get a winner and a, a darn good football player. Yeah, you guys have had some good quarterbacks at Oklahoma here lately. Uh, the, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield and, you know, whatever happens with him ultimately, you know, while it, it is in his control, when you get drafted to a franchise, there's a lot of other factors there. But just, you know, Baker Mayfield, the kid from a couple of years ago, what, what impressed you about him? Well, first, we knew Baker, you know, from Lake Travis at East Carolina. We, 
mm-hmm. recruited Baker mm-hmm. there. When, mm-hmm. we, when Lincoln and I were together, we knew about Baker. And uh, then having a chance to see his progress from, from Texas Tech and walk on Oklahoma, that, that's another that's a story for another time to hear that. But to, to be around Baker and see how he led. And I know people talk about his fiery uh, attitude, but, man, that's welcome to see and how competitive he was. And, he, and, and the team, let me just say this. If Cleveland does everything they, they possibly can and make sure the system is there and get the right people in there, Baker would be successful at Cleveland. He has that fight in him. He, he's one of those guys that has uh, been around earned, not given. That's, he's one of the – he's the epitome of that, and he'll do a great job. But being around Baker that first year was awesome. You know, that, 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 that whole – that first team had a bunch of first-round draft choices. And, of course, Baker the first pick, pick in the draft. And the, the backup wasn't, you know, too, too bad either with Calamari. Right. You know, being – yeah. <laughs> so, he, you know, that was – so for me, you went through three years of first was – was Bake, and then and, and and then the next was Kyler, and then the next year I was there was was Jalen Hurts. So I've been around three really good football players, three good leaders, and Lincoln did a great job of coaching and training and being the quarterback whisperer. Uh, and they did a great job of leading their leading the, leading our team as well. So to see three different quarterbacks come in and lead us to three different championships each year, enter the playoffs, I think that's a phenomenal feat. My both all three of those young men. Ruffin McNeil, great to have uh, Ruff on with us, and uh, that uh, was a conversation we actually had a little earlier today. Uh, some more of that conversation, perhaps tomorrow on the Patrick Johnson Show. We do have that uh, some interesting things for him to uh, talk about uh, as far as uh, college football being played next season. Uh, the future of uh, college football, play, paying college football players, lots of interesting things there, and uh, some all-time questions. So uh, we hopefully will get to that tomorrow uh, here on the Patrick Johnson Show, but we appreciate Coach Ruff coming on and a lot of great response from you out there for us having uh, Coach Ruff on. It was uh, a lot of fun to catch up with uh, him and have the opportunity to uh, uh, kind of get his perspective on uh, – what uh, could be uh, a little bit of a homecoming, returning to Greenville at some point, uh, taking part in a coach's clinic or something along those lines uh, really uh, would be kind of a thing I think a lot of Pirate fans would be uh, excited about. Okay, let's uh, grab a timeout. We'll uh, come back and uh, finish up uh, some uh, more uh, breaking details on what is going on uh, ahead of the NFL draft tonight and uh, much more. Patrick Johnson Show. The P-Man. He's a big dumb animal, isn't he, folks? This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Welcome back. It was great to have uh, Coach Ruff on. I enjoyed that, and uh, I think he got a kick out of it, too. Great to have uh, Ruff and McNeil with us. Uh, Brett McMurphy tweeting out uh, a couple of things of interest here in the last uh, 
few hours, uh, the president of Arizona, he tweeted out telling uh, a local radio station there, we're talking uh, Arizona, University of Arizona, uh, with a quote, that's uh, Robert C. Robbins, uh, quote, my sense is right now, I don't see that happening. He's talking about Arizona playing football in the fall, even though he did say uh, UA is planning on having in-person classes for the fall semester starting in August. Uh, Washington State's president, Kirk Schultz, says that WSU is planning on in-person instruction for fall 2020 semester at all Washington State University campuses. The reason we tell you this, I think this brings a real possibility that uh, if students are going to be returning for fall semester, there's an increased likelihood that there could be a football season. Uh, McMurphy, in a stadium survey, Stadium the Network, uh, they surveyed all 130 FBS ADs. 61% predict college football season will start, will not start, excuse me, until October or November. Uh, 14 believe it moves to the spring. One AD is uh, afraid that they will not have a season at all, according to Brett's uh, uh, poll that he did of athletic directors. Uh, one quote from that article, we must play football or college athletics will shrink before our eyes. So I'm going to retweet uh, that. I may have already done. No, I didn't do that. So uh, that's out there. Ben, grab that and put that on uh, 94.3 The Game's Twitter as well. Uh, but he basically says 99% of FBS ADs believe we'll have college football this season. Uh, again, if there's no football, there will be bigger issues is one of the quotes uh, from that. And uh, again, I, all of these different colleges and universities and their chancellor saying, we're going to have on-campus instruction, Missouri making that announcement yesterday. I think that lends itself to a good possibility of uh, us having uh, college football. But we will see. Uh, in the state of North Carolina, uh, we have essentially shut down all small business and restaurants until June 1st. Uh, there's uh, a current order that goes into effect or remains in effect until May 8th. And uh, then a two or three week phase one from the governor. He announced this today. It is uh, uh, certainly frustrating and certainly sad uh, that we were told that we, this whole thing was to not overwhelm our health systems. We have bent the curve. We are not overwhelming our health systems by any measure at all. And uh, now we have to stay locked down and your friends and neighbors, uh, their businesses that they have put their whole life and existence into could find themselves in some real, uh, real uh, issues. It's uh, it is sad. And uh, more on this tomorrow, I'm sure, uh, over on uh, WTIB and 96.3 uh, with uh, Talk of the Town, Henry Hinton with that. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to talk uh, a little bit. Obviously, we'll, we'll break down what's going on in the uh, NFL draft tonight, the virtual NFL draft. We'll talk about that. Uh, tomorrow, get a little analysis, a little expertise, some of the funny moments. If there are any, pardon me, we'll bring them to you. And uh, we'll uh, we'll talk about the NHL's plan to try to finish out the season. And a lot more, maybe more from Coach Ruff. Thanks to Coach Ruff for being on with us today. Thanks to Antoine Staley. Great job, as always, by Ben Byram, Patrick Johnson. We'll catch you tomorrow. Stay safe out there. And uh, if you can, get some takeout tonight from that local restaurant. They're going to they're gonna need our support in this community now more than ever after the miscarriage of justice today, in my opinion. Talk to you tomorrow.